One thing my dad always encouraged me with, which, you know, I used to just roll my eyes at him. And he's like, Trin, you have to seek first to be a friend. Just taking a step out of their comfort zone to meet somebody else's needs. It does take courage, but it's worth it. You are listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. My name's Tim. I'm Robbie. And I'm Trinity. I think it's a very special privilege to be able to talk about friendship among friends and to be able to do this podcast like we do. Quite honestly, every time it's among friends, that's a really special thing, a really unique thing, and something I definitely don't want to take for granted. Because friends, while being one of God's greatest gifts, are not at all a gift to be, well, no gift is a gift to be taken for granted, but they're not a gift to always be expected. It's easy to find oneself in a season of life where friends are few and far between and where consistent friendship is not easy to come by. That's that's the case for a lot of people that I know. And probably for each of us in different ways, that's been the case in seasons of our own in the past. Originally, this was kind of going to be what we wrapped up with and looked at at the end. But I actually want to talk about it first. What's not maybe just some comfort, but what's some reality to speak about that that situation? So there is a relative of mine that I love And they were telling me um, that one of their biggest, most current things that they're wrestling with is like, I just feel like I don't, I don't have any friends. Like, I just feel like that's the thing that I need to get me through this hard spot that I'm in in life. I, I feel like I just need someone to cling to and talk to and share with and relate to. And I just feel like I don't have that. And uh, my heart just really broke for this person because I feel like I am in a season now where I I do have some of those really close relationships and friendships. And my heart goes out to them because they're sort of like, is that even a real thing? Like, I think maybe that's just in the movies or that's not really something grownups have, right? Grownups don't have friends, right? That's just like kids have friends. And is that a real, it's not really a real thing, is it? And I was like, well, I think it's a real thing for me. And I'm really sorry. It's not a real thing for you. And I don't know what to tell you to do because you can't leave your family and you can't leave your, you know, job and you can't leave your, you can't really just try something else and try something new. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you to do. I really, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's my lack of answer. Yeah. That, that's me just acknowledging that it's a reality that many, I think many people, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I have gone through so many seasons of loneliness in my life, you know, just from transitioning from high school to college and then college to working full time and you know it's especially hard when you do start out and or you know you're a part of something and you develop these close friendships and then they kind of fizzle out when you move on like you know you you have your high school friends and then you all graduate and go your separate ways you go to college and then you graduate and you all kind of go your separate ways and it's almost sad because it's like I I love these people but 
you know, what's this next season going to bring for me where this could possibly fade when you're all literally like leaving the state, going everywhere. And it's always really hard to to lose that and then to enter into that season of loneliness and just feeling like I I can't connect with anybody. I feel like I'm the only person here who's, you know, my age or who's going through this kind of stuff. And so I just relate to that so much because I, I feel like that's an ongoing pattern in my in my life since I was probably seven years old, you know, when I moved from New York to Ohio and I lost my friends and had to make new friends as a kid, which is still hard. <laughs> and one thing my dad always encouraged me with, which, you know, I used to just roll my eyes at him because it's like, okay, dad, you don't really understand, but okay. Anyways. Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do dads know? And he's like, Trin, you have to seek first to be a friend. You can't get so focused on, I need people to meet my needs, but you meet their needs first. And you see what God does with that because more than likely he's going to blow your mind and do something incredible. And I know that sounds kind of hard to somebody who's like, but who, but where, like, where do I even find people? And yeah, that's a real challenge, you know, but I think just asking God for the grace to look outside of yourself and be like, all right, maybe this person is feeling the same way I am and they need a friend. How can I be that? And it doesn't have to just be somebody your age, but somebody who might be a lot mm, younger than you. That's a good point. Somebody who's that's a, a lot point. older than you. I like that. But don't, don't give up. Like Keep holding on and, and wait because I think the Lord is going to bring about the friendships that you're looking for in that waiting period. So that's just quick want to throw that out there. Well, I think it's really interesting you say that because I've had a, I've I've had that happen to me where it's sort of like by mistake I sort of fell into friendship. Like, whoop, how did we're friends now? How did that yeah. happen? <laughs> because I remember being in college and feeling uh like, wow, um I I feel like there's this disconnect and like I'm just I'm really struggling to connect and I really want to connect and I feel like, you know, no one is is making me feel welcome in this environment and sort of putting it on them like, well, they should be the ones to be I'm the new kid. So they should be the ones coming and talking to me and they should be sitting with me and they should be. I did have two friends in college that were super, super close. And so I didn't want them, if you're listening, (laughs) to be like, are you kidding me? Disclaimer. (laughs) They were friends. Because you know who you are if you're listening. But I I remember taking that feeling back with me home. And I remember someone walking into church that I didn't recognize. And I was like, I'm going to approach this person and I'm just going to try to be what I wish I had. Someone to be like, hi, this is my name. What's your name? Where are you from? Can I sit with you? Can I? And and now that person's like my best friend. And it was like, just because there was that moment of, I'm going to try to be this thing that I was like, well, no one was this to me. And I was like, I want to really try to be this to the, for this person and to this person. Not even thinking, I'm going to try to be best friends with this person. But it was like, I'm just going to be what I wish I had to this person. And now it's this beautiful friendship that may not have happened if I didn't choose to say, I'm going to be the one to try to be like, I don't want you to feel what I was feeling. So I'm going to try to do everything I can to make sure you don't feel that way. And now I'm blessed with a friend. So 
it works in three easy steps. <laughs> no, no. But. It takes courage to, to go up to somebody you don't know and just introduce yourself and start being friendly. And, and, and you kind of wish you had that fearlessness yeah. you had as a child yeah. to be able to go up to someone and, and just be like, do you want to be my friend? Kids, or, they're so straightforward. <laughs> Can we be friends? Yep. How long have you known each other? Like, two days. We're best friends. And I was like, why can't we just do that? Yeah. Like, why do we? <laughs> and I think even in your case, Robbie, like, look at this beautiful friendship that developed as a result of of people just taking a step out of their comfort zone to meet somebody else's needs. And um, I think if you can just go into friendships that way, it does take courage, but it's worth it. Yeah, You just wow. never know. So the, 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 first, the first thing... I want to pull out from this is what you both talked about, the idea of to uh, have a friend, you have to be a friend. This is probably a more eloquent way of, of saying that. But you know, we all know that principle, that if you, if, you, if you want a friend, you've got to be the friend first. That's wisdom from your dad, Trinity. And that's an awesome story of its application in your life, Robbie. I could see it going poorly for someone who tries to be a friend in order to get a friend, right? Like if you're thinking, I want a friend, so I'll be nice to this person. You are giving gifts. You are pouring out. You are doing all this because you're expecting giving to get it in return. And what happens with those kind of people sometimes if you've seen them in your life? Well, they can be really sweet and generous, but then they can also be kind of passive aggressive and they can be kind of cagey. And why is that? Well, because maybe you aren't pouring back out the same amount that they think they poured into you. And to them, it's become like this game of, well, I did this for you. Shouldn't you do this for me? That's a temptation for, oh, any of us, all of us. But especially if we're in a hurt place of not having friends, which is already a touchy place to be. I think this can be a really easy thing to allow it to happen and think, well, I'm doing all this. <laughs> why aren't these people being friendly back to me? I think the reason why it worked, so to speak, in your case, Robbie, if I can be as silly as to say, you know, it worked like an equation because it's not. But it's because you weren't thinking about, you were thinking about the other person. Right. I was like, I don't want them to feel what I was feeling. What can I do? Mm. But I've also fallen into that trap you're describing, and I'm glad you brought it up. Because it's so easy to get to that spot. Like, um, well, I bought you a birthday gift, so you didn't give me anything. Oh, yeah. You know, like. Absolutely. We do it with our spouses. We do it with our our siblings. We can. We can do it with prospective friends. And another point to make to this whole thing. It's. It's going to be what God wants it to be. God can work through it regardless of how it starts because friendship is such an organic thing. Only God can make it come to life. You know, it's like a tree. The seed is going to take root or it's not. It's up to God. You can do everything you want, but in the end, it's, it's ultimately God's choice to give life to that complicated organism. Friendship is the same way. Now, lots of times we can start a friendship for the wrong reason thinking this person, if, it, if it's in work, it could be for whatever reason, it could be thinking, oh, th- this person is, is an advantageous friend to have or something. You could start a friendship for a really selfish reason. You could, but God could 
end up changing your heart and you end up saying, oh, wow, um, I can't believe that's how I used to think of you. I'm so sorry because you're like actually my friend who I value now. I like that you're giving that that redemptive hope to it too. Like, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do. Yeah. And he can work through. <laughs> I mean, everyone in the Bible is really messed up. Oh, so yeah. God worked through all of them and he can yeah. work through me too. Yeah, it's, yeah. And and so I think the key to wrapping up that last part, just to, to put a bow on that section of being a friend to have a friend is that somehow, by God's grace, because I can't do this on my own, it's got to be me being willing to be the friend for the other person's benefit, even if they're not my friend back. Mm. And somehow I've got to love them enough out of just the the Jesus-inspired, others-centered love that doesn't look out for itself. It's got to be that working through me. And if God grants his gift of friendship to, to come out of that, then that's awesome. And if he doesn't, it's still okay because you got to show his love to somebody else, even if they didn't end up reciprocating it in the way you hoped that they would. I guess that first little section is just a kind of looking at how you feel when friendship it looks more like a desert than a lush oasis for you in your life. As for the friendships we can seek out and the ways we can be in the friendships that we have, or, or even places to go, places to start from when you're, when you're looking at that desert of friendship. Where do I start? Where do I go from here? Yeah, be a friend. Uh, it takes a friend to be a friend. Also, I think the next, the next little bit of advice that we can, we can kick around for a second here is something that you, Trinity, brought up earlier, and I didn't want to let it go because I really liked it. The wisdom of friendships outside of your own age. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start by saying, like, I just remember as a young girl having these older women befriend me. Um, I, I think of Kathy, which yes. Tim knows. Yes. Um, she was my, she was an older lady at my church, and she was also our next door neighbor. And she, she was just always a dear, dear friend to me, no matter how old I was. And she would take me on little girls trips and shopping sprees. And she just invested so much into my life. And to the point where I really do view her as like a, like a second mom almost, Mm -hmm. but a really good friend who I just completely adore and cherish. And I wrote her a letter last fall because we both kind of geek out about Halloween. <laughs> and so I was thinking about her around that time, of course. I wrote her a letter, and, and I just told her, I'm like, Kathy, I'm so thankful for how you poured into my life as a young girl and even today as I'm almost 30, which is a little weird. <laughs> but um, she inspires me to want to be that to younger girls, you know, in my church. And I, I kind of have already started to develop those friendships with young girls Um and that's all because of somebody else did that for me, mm-hmm. too. And it just really changed my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, Lord, I want you to to make me a woman who can befriend these younger people who will be going through things, you know, and who will probably struggle with things I struggled with. So I wanted to start with that. But yeah. I, I guess also what you and I were talking a little bit about this morning, Tim, is sometimes, you know, for me, I have this weird insecurity where I think like, Oh, the high school students, they probably, they don't know who I am. They don't want me to go chat with them. They're in their own little bubble or, you know, like, oh, this person is so much older. 
you know, they, they probably don't really care. I, I won't bother. I'll just stay in my own little friend group, or you know, she, my 20-something group, whatever. Right, right, you said they, right. they, probably, they probably wouldn't like my nose ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that I have holes in my jeans, you know. But you got you to gotta look at it from, from their viewpoint because, you know, it's likely that maybe they feel the same way about mm, me. Like, that's so interesting. Like think about a, a, an older woman from our church. Like she probably wishes – you know, that she could reach out and do this with, you know, this couple or this younger group, you know, but maybe she feels like she can't because, oh, I'm so much older. Right. We probably all feel that to some extent. And it's like, just get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yes. why we create these barriers for ourselves. And I don't think that's what the Lord wants for us. Mm. I think, again, go back to what I was saying earlier, seek to be a friend and it doesn't matter the age. Mm. You know? Well, and that that's so interesting because it's just reminding me that I've heard people tell those stories about like, oh, man, I had so-and-so and they just really poured in and they did this and this and this. And I think like, well, I, I could never I could never do that for someone. Like I I just don't know. I'm not as amazing as all of these people that poured into the other people's life. I, I can't do that. Or or I've tried to like force my way into something where it's like, I just have to be this cool guy who's like <laughs> energetic and fun and just knows what to talk about. Cause I watch the same TV show you do, kid, and <laughs> I know what's cool and hip, and and I've been like, wow, it is so much, it is so exhausting to try to be someone I'm not for the sake of pouring into someone, and I just had this revelation a little while ago, like, I don't have to try so hard to be someone because I'm not going to be Mr. So-and-so that poured into you, and I'm not going to be like Kathy that poured into you. I'm just going to be me and I can't be Mr. So-and-so or like Mrs. So-and-so. Like, I just have to be me, you know? And so there's a little guy in our church who loves snakes and frogs and lizards and crawly things. And I, I like those things. Like, you caught a snake? Like, I'd love to see it. Show me your snake. Like, yeah, I'd love to hold it. And did you know that this and this happens this way? And did you know that frogs do this and snakes and lizards do this? And, whoa, I didn't know that. And did you— and you want to go to the pet store? Because I like going to the pet store. Like, there's nothing to do other than look at the pets. But, like, that'd be fun. Let's go do that. And and you kind of just have this realization that, like, probably to him, it's, like, this big deal. But I don't think about it that way. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I love frogs. Like, let's talk. And so I, I guess my word of encouragement to whoever you are is, like, don't try to, like, be somebody else. Just be you and just try to just take interest in whatever they're taking interest in. Like, okay, you like frogs? I loved frogs when I was your age. Let's talk about that. You know, like, I don't, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like, you know, and even like conversations, like, well, what am I going to talk about with this person? Like, I don't know. What, how do I? Uh, it's, and it can be really hard to get over that hurdle of like, yeah. well, what are we going to talk about? I don't yeah. know. Well, maybe you just need to listen. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe you're maybe you don't talk about anything. Like don't try to force the conversation. Like just listen to what I have to say or or ask questions. There you know? Is. Like I don't know, ask questions, you know, like why do you like what uh, Oh, absolutely. So I, I wanna jump on that. People love to talk about themselves. This is something my dad always thought. My dad just he he's, he people love to talk to my dad and, and I grew up watching him have conversations with everybody. Total strangers Homeless people, uh, cashiers, everybody. Everybody talks to my dad. It's because my dad asks everybody 
about themselves. And he says, people love to talk about themselves. And he doesn't say that in a, in a put down way. It's not in a, in a look at how selfish people are. Right? No, it's, a, it's like, that's, that's natural. Humans love to talk about themselves. And when you ask, and, and this is just bragging on my dad here for a second. Um, brag on your what? dad, brag on your dad. <laughs> yeah. I'll brag on you, my dad you next. Did. You said your parents were super fun and they had everybody over to their house. Yeah. Oh, that's right. um, uh, Bragging on him here for a second is, is he, 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 val- he values showing other people their value and showing them that they're worth the time of day and that he's interested in them and that what they're interested in is interesting. And that's why people talk to him because he asks those questions and because he, he wants to know, well, tell me about that. I don't know anything about that. What do you, what is that? You know, your, your field of work, what, how does that work? Okay. Wow. That's so interesting. So how did you get into that? And where's your family from? You know, everybody wants to talk about something they know about. So talk about the things they like and about themselves and their past and history. That's something he does really well because it's a need he sees that humans have is to feel valued. And that's, that's, I think why I've, I've seen that my whole life. I'm talking to everybody is because he knows how to make people feel seen. That's some, that's a little lesson here for me or for anybody who's listening and, and thinking about this, this crazy thing that friendship is, is yeah. Ask, like you just said, Robbie, ask somebody about themselves and about what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a hobby or everybody's got that little thing that, that just does it for them. And they think is so cool. You know, it could be history. It could be a sports team. Uh, and of course, like, yeah, you know, if, what if you think though, like, oh, I could ask this person about what their favorite sports team is, but I, I hate sports. Like, <laughs> oh, that's okay. It just, you might not have to appreciate sports, but you can appreciate a good story. And boy, people who love sports know how to tell good stories about their favorite team. Let me tell you. And I love listening to sports people tell me stories about their team because I, I love it. I don't know anything about what they're talking about. Deer boy, hunters. Oh, she was 40 yeah. yards away. Yeah, it's a story. Yeah, anybody yeah. can tell a story about something that they care about. So that, that that's something you can be interested in, if even if the subject matter isn't something. And when you make that person feel seen, then, well, some of these really cool things can end up happening from it. Another thing I wanted to say, another little quick plug here, a little quick brag moment. Um, not for our church in particular, even though I am so thankful to God that each of us in this room, even each of us on this podcast, do go to the same church. Um, it's just church itself. A plug for church, a brag moment on church itself. Like, if that's not part of your life right now, then um, no judgment whatsoever. But you're you're just missing out on something that's really cool and that you you could really love and not realize that it could be something you love. And it's not this thing about religiosity and this thing about perfection and and doing things the right way and checking off a box every Sunday. It's actually about a group of people who, cliche though it is, really do do life together, um, that phrase. And uh, it's like, where else can you guarantee that you're going to see people from different ages, different job backgrounds, maybe, maybe different, depending on your area, different ethnicities, different family backgrounds? Church is really cool. And there's a good reason that Jesus is so excited about it and made such a big deal of it um, because, <laughs> because it's awesome. And it's a great place for this stuff to start happening and to see it in your life. But you don't always get on just a Sunday morning. That's sometimes where you also have to take a step outside of your comfort zone and ask, where can I plug in 
and start getting involved and pouring into people because mm-hmm. that's often when you're going to start to get to know people and mm-hmm. and make friends. I mean, I you know, I think for me and Tim, we were just Sunday morning churchgoers for a long time, but when we started plugging in and we, you know, started helping with children's ministries and g- attending different church events and just being more active is just I think of all the friendships that have developed as a result of just that part, you know, serving alongside of each other. It's really important and it's really special. I love it. <laughs> I love it. The three of us friends here could keep going for a bit because well, we, we're, we're fond of each other, but we're also pretty fond of the fact that God created us in a world where friends and his church exist. What's a, what's a closing thought of encouragement on this big topic? I'm really just in this friendship to get Trinity's cooking, honestly. I don't really care about you guys, but I get what I need. I did so. make Robbie a big old fish birthday cake yeah. last year. Yeah, that's why we're friends, so she can make And I made cakes. my husband, Tim, a Mario cake. I like the, making the, cakes. Those, those that's years. how I show my friends I love them is by making them cakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go first. Because I might end up crying. <laughs> Maybe put the crying we'll person. We'll end with that. That'll, <laughs> be, a, that'll be a strong conclusion, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully. I don't know. I might just be blabbering. But <laughs> go ahead, Robbie. Well, I guess I'll make it all spiritual over here. I think I always looked at Jesus when I was a kid as this old man. Because when you're five, someone who's 30 is ancient. He's an old man. Uh, and his disciples as these ancient gray-haired men that were going around preaching sermons and breaking bread, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, um, I am as old as Jesus currently. So he was not old. <laughs> he was very young. And I look at all of the dudes in my life that I have the privilege of getting to know, which you know, that's a that's a whole nother story. But anyway, uh, and I think, like, this is must be what Jesus felt like with his disciples. Like, I mean, it, it's a higher level because obviously he's God and he was saying, Matthew, come follow me. You're going to be a fisher of men now, not just like, let's be buds. But it's like, I'm sure they were friends. Like, yes. they ate together. They shared meals together. I love sharing meals with my friends. Like, they ate together, they hung out together, they went on road trips. Like, that's what it was, a three-year road trip. Like, I'm sure there were moments that they were laughing, there were moments that they were crying, there were moments that they were fighting, there were moments that they didn't understand each other, there were moments that they, that his friends were sleeping when he was praying and about to go to the cross, you know, but at the same point, you just like, you know that he loved these guys, these disciples, these buds, these, and it's deeper than just that because of the bond of Jesus. Like, I'm going to die for you and save your life and you don't even know it. Like, that's how much I love you and you're going to betray me, but it's okay because we're going to get to the other side of this. Like, that, that, talk about a deep, deep friendship. And if you're in an honored enough position to have friends that are believers, like you share this deep rooted thing that I think Jesus was here and he was experiencing that and he knew what it was like. And, you know, I look for myself, like at this point, you know, I'm not married. Jesus wasn't married, but look at all these friends that he surrounded himself with 
but that also he was an intentional friend too. And I just feel like it's just such a gift to be able to experience friendship. And I think Jesus experienced it. And I think he wants us all to experience it. And I would just encourage you to just pray about it. If you feel like, I don't have that and I want it. I just pray about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. um, Jesus is just the ultimate example of what a friend is. And, and, And I don't mean this to sound like a really cliche Christian thing. But Jesus really is our ultimate friend. I mean, the Jesus that we see in the Bible and how he befriended his disciples, I mean, he led them, he encouraged them, he poured his wisdom into them, but he was their friend and he was their brother. (laughs) And it's like that same Jesus is my friend and he sees my needs and he sees my loneliness and, and the things I'm going through. That's just something I've been thinking about so much in my own life is I don't I don't have to be feeling these things. Well, I can be feeling these things, but it's okay because Jesus is my friend and I don't ever have to feel alone in any of those things because he's so real and he's always so present. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.